While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. That was Jake Ventura of the Wampanoag tribe, um, the Wampanoag, uh, Wampanoag tribe of Gay Hadaquina, and uh, he's an attorney, and he um, was involved in defending the Dartmouth um, Indian logo and uh, na- team name. And uh, we know we talked broadly about how to, you know, how he believes and how a lot of, you know, uh, other tribal members that think like him believe that they should, um, how best to represent uh, indigenous people in, you know, state flags, uh, athletics, et cetera, et cetera. And basically, you know, what he's saying is, you know, don't, don't get rid of it. Don't ban it. It's an erasure. Um, of their, uh, you know, their foothold in the, you know, their, their, their cultural, um, foothold and to expand on it and to expand and, and, and provide more education around, um, you know, other indigenous people, our indigenous tribes and the local indigenous tribes and all of that. So, uh, really interesting conversation and, uh, we're going to move on to, because at eight thirty we have, we're going to move on to the we're going to move back to the Martha's Vineyard conversation. Because at eight thirty, we have State Senator Julian Sear. Now Julian Sear is the state senator from the Cape and Islands, so he represents most of the Cape and both Nantucket and and um, Martha's Vineyard. He's he's from Truro, uh, and he was on the ground. Obviously, he was part of the on the ground response to the. Ron DeSantis flying the fifth, the the two planes of, of fifty migrants to, um, to Martha's Vineyard, and him and Dylan Fernandez in particular. They're the they're the delegation from the state legislature. Bill Keating is the federal delegate, uh, federal, um, the federal delegate for you know the entire Cape and Cape and Islands. And you know Keating had said that he was basically uh, a liaison between the Baker administration and you know the state delegation. Um, to try to, uh, you know, quickly facilitate the, quickly facilitate the, um, 
the response right to the 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 the, the, the shelter um, and other uh, necessities and other resources needed to um, care you know to provide services for the migrants who are flown here um, what the, under what they allege are false pretenses what a lot of people allege are false pretenses that they were essentially tricked into doing it now when we had Congress we had Congressman Keating on on Monday. Um, and of course, again, Congressman Keating it represents the ninth congressional district. The ninth congressional district consists of the Greater New Bedford area, uh, most of Plymouth County, um, which includes, of course, uh, you know Plymouth itself, a lot of the South Shore, and uh, also the entire Cape and Islands. Islands. Keating himself uh, is a resident of uh, of Cape Cod, and. He had said, basically, you know, as someone who's represented the, the, that area for a decade now, um, you know, he just to recap that conversation on Monday, what he talked about was, he said, essentially, first of all, he talked about the response um, of the Islanders and how he was, you know, heartened by it because, you know, the what I thought was, you know, one of the best lines of that interview was, you know, people don't know Martha's Vineyard. He says, they think it's lifestyles of the rich and famous. And you can find this interview on the podcast. The full interview is great. You can find it on the, uh, on the, uh, in our podcast format on anywhere where podcasts are offered because, you know, later we talk about Ukraine and all of that. He's, uh, he's of course, a member of the uh, um, Foreign Affairs Committee and the chair of the subcommittee on Europe, Eurasia, and energy. So he's very involved in that stuff and knows a lot about it. And is really an expert in foreign policy. So those are really good discussion there and a discussion on the Inflation Reduction Act too. discuss, you know, exactly, you know, where it can save uh, people money. So I thought that was all great. And you can find that on our podcast format. I think he shared it too. I know he enjoyed the conversation as well. So, but what Congressman Keating had basically said was, you know, people, the, the, the people who... Um, say, you know, basically, oh, these, you know, wealthy elitist liberals, they don't know Martha's Vineyard. Um, he said Martha's Vineyard, you know, during the, but basically between Labor Day and Memorial Day, uh, it is what he called lifestyles of the rich and famous. Of course, there's a lot of celebrities that live there. There is um, a lot of celebrities that live there. You know, Larry David, Barack Obama has a house there. Bill Murray, uh, Alan Dershowitz, they all have houses there. Um, some, some of them live year round. Most of them, most of them don't, uh, like, you know, I think Obama still lives in DC, um, most of the time, but they have those houses on Martha's Vineyard. But during the off season, a lot of the people that are there are seasonal workers. And he said, you know, for a lot of them, it's, they're just working class people. It can be difficult, uh, to, you know, stitch together a a living on the Island working, uh, relying on, on, uh, on seasonal work. So, you know, he had said, because the, 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 the argument was, and we talked about this a little bit, the argument was, and, I, and I'm really interested to hear Julian, Julian uh, Sears' thoughts about this as someone who represents the, um, the Cape and Islands in the state Senate, because, and he also wrote a letter with Rep. Dylan Fernandes uh, to Rachel Rollins and Merrick Garland, and, and, and he'll tell us about that, the letter he wrote to Rollins and Merrick Garland, basically about um, asking them, to investigate uh, the the circumstances of which these migrants were flown to Martha's uh, to 
to uh, to Martha's Vineyard by Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. You know, he said there's no ambiguity surrounding this. This, like he said, you know, clearly on its face was a violation of their human rights. So, and constitutional rights. And whether or not you choose to believe it, people here on American soil are entitled to the constitutional rights that we are entitled to as well. Everybody that's on American soil is entitled to constitutional right. There is precedent for that. There is jurisprudence. There is, you know, long history of jurisprudence behind that. Um, and so... And so they're saying it's a violation of constitutional rights and their, you know, and their civil rights. And I'm interested to hear um, more about that. He's going to he's going to be joining us at 830. But basically, you know, what what Keating was saying is that all of this discussion and I was reading some some of the Martha's Vineyard Times, too, um, just to get a, uh, another on the ground perspective of it is, you know, basically the Edgar, Edgartown Police Department had to issue a press release. Because they were flown into the the airport. The airport's like on the border of West Tisbury and Edgartown, and the Edgartown um, and the they they found their themselves in Edgartown. And basically, what the what the what the Edgartown police said was, we need to actually we need to um send out a press release. You guys got to stop coming here. Like the the people were dropping off stuff because it was causing a traffic jam. Now I was also reading uh, in other publications that there were some people that were jerks that drove by and said you're illegal, right? Or you came to the right place, which could be interpreted as both, you know, welcoming and hostile. But the notion that you know that these that they were wealthy elitist liberals that couldn't quote unquote deport them fast enough off the island i think is totally unfounded not that it matters as i said before what matters was that you know what ron desantis what mattered to the people ron desantis was trying to appeal to which is people who are going to vote in a republican primary is that the is that it happened the fact that it happened and no matter what happened afterwards you know it was always going to be the narrative that ron desantis wanted to spin right in terms of, you know, making a national conversation, in terms of starting a national conversation around immigration reform, if it metastasizes into something that is real, that gets passed, um, and, you know, I got to tell you, if they're going to pass, you know, Congress, I'm, I'm pessimistic. Congressman Keating's hopeful, you know, after he talked to us. After Congressman Keating had talked to us, he had just gotten out of a meeting with with Chris Coons, who's the senator from uh, Delaware. I believe he took Joe Biden's seat when Joe Biden got elevated to the vice presidency, the senator from Delaware. And uh, Mark Warner, who was the uh, senator from Virginia, I believe, was also governor of Virginia for a time. So Chris Coons and Mark Warner, um, he had dinner with them and they um, and they said, you know, one of the reasons why. They need to address the, you know, immigration problem is because there's a massive labor shortage in their respective home states and really across the country. There's a massive labor shortage. And if, you know, if we could matriculate people into this country and, um, you know, get them a legal status and a, a legal uh, allow them to enter the labor market legally, um, they'll be able to fill a lot of the jobs that are are open. You know, that's a, there's a, I think it's called the slack make labor market when, um, 
slack labor market when there aren't enough job there are too many jobs out there and uh, a critically low, a critically low amount of people to fill them. Remember, we lost a million people to COVID that could be part of the problem. So, um, and I, I don't, I think everybody agrees, you know, in terms of, you know, first of all, it, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. One, of course, I think we talked about this a bit. They're quote unquote illegals, right? They're here legally. They have a court date. Each one of them has a court date. They were seeking asylum. So if you seek asylum, you have a court date. You are here legally. They are not, quote, unquote, illegals, right? Illegals is not a term that you can just slap on any um, Latin American person that comes here through the southern border. They are here legally. They have a court date. They're not, quote, unquote, illegals, right? Not that that should matter anyway because they're still people. And two, um, for this conversation about, like, DeSantis saying, oh, look what happens when the border comes to you. That's your liberal until the border comes to you, right? Well, look at this. There's four border states, right? Texas. Uh, Texas, obviously, is the biggest border state. But you have Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and California. Those are the four states that are along the southern border. Those are the quote-unquote border states. All of those states... I mean, uh, not all of those. First of all, in Texas, I think this might have changed, but for a time, for a while at least, I think there's one. I think there's one Republican now, but for a while at least, the entire, almost the entire congressional delegation in Texas along the southern border were all Democrats. They were all Democrats. Beto O'Rourke's one of them, actually, who's running for governor. He's going to lose, but Beto O'Rourke's one of them. Even Will Hurd, who is a Republican there, Will Hurd is a border um, is a border congressional representative, but he was to the left of Trump on immigration. He was against the border wall, right? So everybody on that every congressional representative, the people that vote on the border, that live on the border and vote, want a Democratic representative. Someone who's more liberal on immigration policy. That's along the Texas border, right? Two, the other three states are now blue states. New Mexico, solidly blue state. Democratic, uh, t- t- uh, two Democratic senators, typically a Democratic governor. Blue, sol- always votes, always goes blue in the presidential election. Solidly blue state. Arizona. Now a blue state voted for Joe. I mean, that state was Arizona was trending blue for a while. Um, you know, Kristen Sinema won in 2018. Uh, I think it was closer. It was it started to get close uh, in the Obama Romney election. I think uh, Arizona got close. It started to become a little bit closer. Mark Kelly won that Senate seat in uh, 20 in 2020. Joe Biden won Arizona. Whether you like it or not, he did win Arizona in 2020. And it looks like Mark Kelly is going to get reelected, right? And I think there it, it's looking like there's going to be a Democratic governor of Arizona pretty soon. There's the polling's the polling seems to favor the Democratic uh, the, the Democratic opponent. I mean the Democratic uh, candidate. 
And Arizona is basically what Virginia was a few years ago. Or, you know, North Carolina was for a time. It's a formerly red state that due to demographic shifts and all of that is trending blue. And now is a blue state. If you got two Democratic senators, right, and you might elect a Democratic governor, they do have a Democratic secretary of state, right? You're a blue, you're a blue state. So Arizona is a blue state. California, of course, you know, is a solidly blue state, right? One of the bluest states in the country. So all this discussion about, oh, yeah, you're liberal until the border comes to you. Well, there's only one border state that's a red state. And even then, most of the congressional representatives, most of the people that represent those districts on the border, they're Democrats, or at least to the left of Trump or the left of the mainstream Republican Party on immigration. So, and I think, obviously, again, the response to the response to the my uh, the migrant transport, we'll call it, instead of you know outright calling it trafficking, um, but transport, we'll call it, was overwhelmingly positive for. The I mean, they were outraged for a couple of reasons. One, that someone would actually trick people into getting into a plane and flying them half halfway across the country, promising them benefits they're not eligible for, intentionally misleading them uh, so that they can so that they could uh, they they intentionally misleading them to um, to make a mistake on their immigration processing, offering them McDonald's gift cards, hotels, and boarding. You know, they were outraged at that, but to say, oh, they couldn't handle it, they handled it pretty well. I think they handled it pretty well. They were able to care. They were able to provide them with what they needed until they got into a more suitable um, shelter. That's been the on the ground uh, consensus. The rest of it's just narrative. The rest of it's just DeSantis's narrative. 508-996-0500 is hanging at the program. Again, we're going to be joined by State Senator Julian Sear pretty soon. In fact, what we'll do now is we'll take a commercial break and we get back. We should be joined uh, by State Senator Julian Sear to talk more about this. This is South Coast Tonight. Chris McCarthy will be back tomorrow, but I'm Marcus. I'm taking your calls at 508-996-0500. And after the break, I will be joined by State Senator Julian Sear. So stay tuned. Tonight, just Marcus tonight. Chris will be back tomorrow, but we've been having the ongoing discussion on the situation that unfolded in Martha's Vineyard, just a few miles uh, off the port in New Bedford here. And on the front lines uh, of that situation, because now they're at Joint uh, Base Cape Cod, is a state senator from the Cape and Islands, Julian Sear. And uh, we're joined by him now. Hey, Senator, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So um, we're speaking with uh, State Senator Julian Sear of Truro. Uh, so this happened last week, uh, last Wednesday, I believe it was last Wednesday. the The plane landed in uh, the two planes landed in Martha's Vineyard. There were fifty migrants uh, in Edgar Town, uh, you know, that were there without notice, uh, sent by Governor DeSantis. What was the um, immediate reaction by the Islanders and by uh, you and, and Rep. Fernandez as as, uh, as delegates, uh, as um, legislative delegates of of the islands? So good evening, and it's good to be with you. And I'm actually um, 
I'm actually sitting with Representative Fernandez right now. We're, we're uh, leaving the island. We went over to the island for um, a little community gathering uh, with some of the volunteers who responded last week, and uh, we're, we're, we're on the boat back to the mainland. Um, so, so last week, last Wednesday, just after after three o'clock, around three fifteen, uh, two chartered jets landed at Martha's Vineyard Airport uh, with with forty nine um, individuals with the support of asylum seekers, uh, immigrants, mostly Venezuelans, um, who had been bored and tricked into taking this transportation. Um, within a, a matter of hours, the island community, you know, responded and, and leapt into action. They uh, arranged uh, an emergency shelter, sort of the equivalent of what we would use for a hurricane or a, or a nor'easter, um, pulled together food, resources, clothing, medical care, um, and, and, you know, the, the AP Spanish class came to, to do translation. It was all hands on deck. Um, until uh, we were able to arrange for longer-term shelter uh, on the mainland, um, uh, which which they uh, is voluntary shelter, and which they traveled to uh, on Friday afternoon. We're speaking with State Senator Julian Seertro, who represents the Cape and Islands in the uh, in the State Senate. So, um, Senator Seer, you uh, there is there is an ongoing narrative that uh, the the people of the uh, of the vineyard. Um, uh, quote unquote deported or kicked out the migrants uh, at the earliest opportunity they could. Um, but <laughs> yeah. right, what's I mean, your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, nothing could be nothing could be further from the truth. As someone who you know was was at that shelter, um, the islanders, and actually in the opinion of of these Venezuelan immigrants um, who who have come to love Martha's Vineyard and love the people they they met and, and were supported by there. Um, this was a, a real humanitarian response, uh, treating people with dignity and respect and compassion when they had been manipulated for, for political gain. So, so that's something that's been spun um, <laughs> spun up by sort of darker forces uh, in sort of a nasty, a nasty part of our politics. Um, the shelter that we use in Martha's Vineyard is a, it's a pretty small shelter. It's a winter shelter, usually designed for about maybe a handful of people, maybe up to a dozen. There's one bathroom at the facility, and that was the the, the real kind of driving concern um, related to uh, the voluntary transfer that was then offered to the longer-term shelter on Cape Cod. Um, but I actually expect that several of these folks um, may actually return to the island as they're trying to figure out where they're going to settle. So, wait, you're saying that some of the migrants are actually going to return to Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if, if they do. There's been a number of offers uh, for longer-term housing on the island and also offers of work uh, as well. So right now the focus is on this humanitarian mission with the temporary emergency shelter at Joy Base Cape Cod. There's a whole cadre of resources there. Yeah. Um, uh, homeless service providers are there, um, medical support, also legal support. Um, but, but I think as, as these people are, are figuring out figuring out their next steps and where they're going to, you know, where they're going to settle, um, I, I was there. I was at the shelter on, on Monday, uh, and a number of them were seemed eager to actually return to Martha's Vineyard and, and reconnect with the people who, who they got to know here. So that's just some really nasty spin uh, out of the, the sort of worst of our politics that we've got. Um, 
So you, um, you're, you know, obviously you're, you're from the Cape. You grew up on the Cape. Uh, we had Congressman Keating on Monday, and he, he basically said, you know, this, and that's it's a it's a perception of people on Cape Cod too that it's uh, quote unquote like lifestyles of the rich and famous. But you know, from outside of Labor Day, uh, the the makeup of a lot of Cape Cod and Martha's Vineyard is really uh, working class people, right? Yeah, that that's absolutely correct. So you know, on Martha's Vineyard, median income on Martha's Vineyard is forty two thousand dollars a year. Right. Um, when you look at the, the composition of our schools, one in four of the students in the Martha's Vineyard schools speak a language other than English at home. One in four um, are, are uh, students are, are students of color. Um, if you look at the population uh, here, we've actually seen a pretty significant population increase across the region. Um, on Martha's Vineyard, um, you know, over a twenty percent population increase from the twenty ten to twenty twenty census. Most of that being driven by immigrants who have come right. here to to make a life. There's a, a large Brazilian community, several other communities as well. So, you know, um, what's being spun kind of in this, you know, national extremist politics uh, is just sort of not not, not consistent with what, you know, our communities are. Um, and I will note, Ron DeSantis parachuted into my district this summer yes, for a $50,000 person fundraiser on Nantucket, <laughs> but he clearly, uh, clearly didn't stay long enough to actually meet any of the real people who live here. Yes, right, and he wouldn't send a plane to where he was fundraising either. So we're speaking with um, State Senator Julian Sear, who represents the Cape and Islands on Beacon Hill. So um, you and Rep. Fernandes actually, I think just yesterday, wrote uh, a letter to um, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland and uh, you know U.S. U.S. Attorney Rachel Rollins, who represents Massachusetts as the U.S. Attorney. Can you tell us about um, what that the contents of that letter? So in our conversations with you know, these new arrivals with these immigrants, um, it's really clear that, that, that they were manipulated um, and, and really raises some real questions as to um, whether crimes were committed, it appears crimes were committed uh, as part of this whole saga. So first and foremost, um, all of these people are actually here legally. They're not in violation of federal immigration law. Um, the vast majority of them are Venezuelans uh, who are fleeing a brutal uh, communist dictatorship. Um, traveling 60, 70 days by foot, largely, um, from Venezuela to uh, the U.S. border. Um, when they entered the border, they, they actually uh, presented themselves to, to uh, federal immigration officials, claimed asylum. Uh, they were seeking shelter uh, at a shelter in San Antonio, uh, where they were um, lured with, with false promises of expedited work papers uh, and immigration papers, housing, uh, and the like. Um, they did not know where they were going, uh, really, until they really touched down on Martha's Vineyard. That they even realized they were, <laughs> they even heard of a place called Martha's Vineyard, right. uh, and and were really terrified at, at that point to be, you know, on on this place that never heard, surrounded by water. So all these questions are raised, whether you know, from the federal immigration perspective, um, whether or not this interfered with due process for federal immigration and violated the rights of these individuals um, to deception, to kidnapping. Uh, so, so an investigation, particularly a federal investigation, is really warranted here. Um, Representative Fernandez uh, and I ca- started calling for this over the weekend, uh, and then sent the formal letter uh, earlier this week. It would be kind of a tall order, I think, um, to sort of return an indictment on a sitting governor of a of a of a pretty large state, don't you think? So, I, I think we need an investigation to get to the bottom of, of what happened, right? Yeah. Um, and, and there needs to be accountability. Uh, you know, look, uh, Ron DeSantis has claimed credit for this, uh, but we don't actually know, you know, I think there's still some questions 
to really determine um, you know who is actually responsible here. Uh, these are individuals, um, you know, these immigrant families uh, never went to Florida, never spent any time in Florida, right. uh, appear to have been, um, you know, uh, recruited uh, as part of a cruel ruse to manipulate vulnerable people seeking a better life. Um, and there needs to be account. you know, when the law is broken and such criminal activities um, occur, there needs to be accountability. And so that investigation should lead where it leads. Um, and I'll defer to, to, you know, the Justice Department and others um, to undertake that investigation and then uh, bring indictments uh, as appropriate. So we're speaking with uh, State Senator Julian Sear, who represents the Cape and Islands. So um, are, this is something that's going to continue to happen in the interim. Uh, I know there's a civil lawsuit that's been filed to try to file an injunction against DeSantis or Abbott, uh, Greg Abbott in Texas doing this. But um, is Joint Base Cape Cod or Martha's Vineyard or uh, uh, you're anywhere in your district prepared for more of these, um, you know, unannounced uh, drops of of human beings, right? So, so within a matter of hours in Martha's Vineyard, um, they were in, they were anticipating the possibility of, of, of a further arrival um, of a plane. Uh, similar, you know, preparations. Uh, you know, and I think just just a, a check in right among officials have occurred on Nantucket and, and elsewhere. Um, you know, look, this was a at least $600,000 political stunt paid for by the taxpayers of Florida. Right. That is very expensive. Uh, I, I think it's, it's you know, clearly was was meant to, um, you know, uh, be this, this very cruel, despicable act to, to garner attention for, you know, this, this callous, shameless politician who, you know, simply is interested in his own advancement, right? This is right. about having a constructive conversation about uh, challenges at the border, right? There was no notification given to officials of Martha's Vineyard or anyone in Massachusetts, right? This was about, this was about a political stunt and getting attention and, and, and um, changing a narrative here in, in the advance, in, in, you know, as we lead up to a midterm election. So, um, you know, that's what this is sort of about. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, I also think it's important that people remember we have new arrivals in Massachusetts every day um you know they may not arrive here in such a dramatic fashion as, as these you know these 49 souls yeah uh, right but you know i think every day right there there are people seeking a better life you know who come to massachusetts uh and, and i think we need to continue to show all these people you know dignity respect compassion and, and provide support well so that's that's kind of my next question um is that you know a lot of the conversation around uh there's a lot of conversation now around um, whether it's, you know, uh, genuine or not around. Do, does does the Commonwealth have the capacity? You know, New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell was on with us uh, earlier uh, yesterday and he had said, you know, we just don't have we you know, we want to welcome uh, some of the Venezuelan migrants. We've talked to, you know, people at MEMA, but uh, we're not sure if we have um, the 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 housing um, for it. So and housing is an ongoing crisis in the Commonwealth. Is is there capacity for um, an influx of uh, of migrant flights, you know, chartered by Republican governors or just migrant arrivals anyway, given that Massachusetts, I think, is a much more compassionate state than than uh, than most others uh, when it comes to uh, helping people who are trying to navigate a difficult immigration system? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I, I'm actually pretty convinced that if these folks arrived on, say, you know, Captiva Island or Sanibel Island in Florida, I think that people would treat them 
you know, I hope with, with dignity and respect and compassion, just like any kind of good good people would, right? right. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, look, we're, we're talking about, um, I think I, I'm, I'm actually more concerned about, you know, for the, the new arrivals we're seeing every day, um, you know, those numbers are actually probably larger than, than the 49, you know, who came here. Um, I think it's important that we continue to provide resources to support you know, new arrivals in the state, uh, and, and, you know, um, just as paramount is really getting serious about the housing crisis in Massachusetts. Right. Um, that is something that has existed uh, for quite some time, right? We haven't kept up with housing production in this state for over a decade, you know, too often, not in my backyard tendencies, yeah. um, and, and local control really sort of determines um, the course there, right? So, so we've got to do something about housing for, you know, the people... Uh, for all the folks who are already in this state, right? But that's right. not a reason why, you know, we can't we can't welcome others. And, and if that can be part of the catalyst for why we double down on housing production uh, and really get serious about building more housing, um, well, good, that's what's needed in this state. Uh, we've got plenty of room in this state. We right. just need to get to work building housing. State Senator Julian Sear from Truro, who represents the Cape and Islands uh, in the state legislature. Thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Is there anything anybody can do to sort of help um, this uh, sort of humanitarian crisis or situation? So, so there's been a tremendous outpouring of support to the point where, um, you know, all the sort of needs for the, these, you know, 49, you know, 49 individuals and migrant families are currently being met. For people who want to further support um, this effort, they can go to uh, MassVOAD, which is the um, uh, the site that the National Guard maintains to help um, help uh, humanitarian missions like this. And I think what's sort of most important, right, is that we continue to focus on on, on the human side of this, right, that these are human beings, you know, yes, who were, were caught up in this very cruel, nasty, you know, political stunt, um, but also that, like, the response here in Massachusetts, right, the best antidote to that sort of, this sort of, um, this, this sort of cynical, nasty politics yeah. is, is to treat people with respect and dignity and, and compassion, and we did that on Martha's Vineyard, we're doing that on Cape Cod, and we're going to keep doing this, um, you know, for whoever comes, uh, and, and, you know, just that's who we are on the Cape and Islands, and that's who we are in Massachusetts. Yeah, actually, I, I I spent a lot of time in the Outer Cape this summer. I might end up becoming a constituent of yours oh, uh, sooner than later. <laughs> if you can afford it. Yeah, right. And when the market cools, maybe. All right, State, yeah, yeah, yeah. State Senator Julian Sear, thank you, uh, thank you for joining me this evening, and I appreciate the work you're doing. Good to be with you. That was State Senator Julian Sears from the Cape uh, from the from the Cape and Islands. Um, you know, an underground perspective of of how they've responded to the political stunt by Governor Ron DeSantis. All right, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Uh, this is South Coast Tonight. Chris will be back tomorrow. I'm Marcus, and I'm here with you till 10. Listen to us live. Any- Marcus, uh, Chris will be back tomorrow, but I'm joined by you tonight at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get in the program. That was State Senator Julian Sear, who represents the Cape and Islands uh, on Beacon Hill. Um, that was a great interview. Of course, it'll be up on the podcast. Uh, you know, basically, as soon as this hour is over, we'll uh, we'll um, we'll upload it. Uh, one of the great features we have here at WBSM. But, you know, Senator Sear, uh, Congressman Keating, you know, Rep. Fernandes, this this whole incident has thrusted them definitely into the national spotlight. Um, so it's great that, you know, we're here in the local media uh, that 
um, Senator Sear was was able to have some availability for us, and that we were able to get some availability from Senator Sear, who again I've seen on TV quite a few times now. Um, so I thought I, I definitely think we learned a lot uh, from that interview too. I mean, a few things that I de- I definitely didn't know before. You know, I, I sometimes do read the comments that people leave on. Uh, on columns right on uh, on facebook i mostly don't read them honestly as uh, a means of uh, as a means of self-care as uh, for the good of uh, for the good of my mental uh, well-being i typically don't read them but i did read um i did read one that had said uh that uh martha's vineyard's median household income is lower than Dartmouth's and Free Towns and Lakeville's. There's a few towns in the South Coast, right? A few nearby towns in the South Coast. Probably a few other towns if it's lower than Dartmouth, Free Towns, Lakeville, etc. And what Senator Sear has said is the median income in Martha's Vineyard's forty two thousand dollars, and that they had a they had a twenty percent increase in uh, population uh, based on the census data in the last ten years, and that most of that increase are actually people who are immigrants. And he also said that there has been offers from people on the vineyard to take in migrants, to take in migrants, or to offer them jobs, right? There's, I mean, a lot of that work there, again, as Congressman Keating said, is seasonal. Um, you know, I haven't been to the vineyard in the off-season, right? I, I, and most people don't, right? That's why, that's why the vineyard's the vineyard, but... Um, I haven't been there in the off season, but my understanding is it's a bit of a dead zone there in terms of there's not a lot of people, obviously. I think during the summer, I think it's twice the size. I think there's about 200,000 people during the, uh, during the summer months on the vineyard. But the point I'm trying to make is a lot of that narrative, and you heard it from the senator himself who represents that, uh, who represents that, the, the, the vineyard, um, on Beacon Hill, you know, who grew up on the, who's grown up on the Cape, right? It's from Truro. Is that the narrative that Ron DeSantis, you know, wants his voters, uh, the people that are going to vote in a Republican primary, basically, um, to believe is that, you know, and there's a reason he sent it in the offseason, too, that these individuals are, you know, uh, coastal elites, right, which he's fine with because, you know, before the offseason ended, before the offseason, just before Labor Day, Governor DeSantis had, as Senator Sear had, had put it, uh, parachuted into Nantucket, into his district, to do a $6,000 ahead fundraiser, right? So he's okay with the wealthy coastal elites as long as they're giving him $6,000 ahead to go to a fundraiser. He is a wealthy coastal elite. He went to Yale, right? He went to Yale. He's a wealthy coastal. He's a, he was a U.S. attorney. He was a U.S. attorney. He's a he is a, a wealthy elite. He's a wealthy coastal elite. That's what I always never understood about how people fall for that stuff. Ted Cruz is another example. A double Harvard graduate whose wife worked at Goldman Sachs, right? But we're to believe that he's, you know, some salt of the earth. You know, he's always talking about the same thing. He's always like, oh, you know, do I even own shoes, right? But, you know, and I don't think he really does a good job at it. I don't think DeSantis does a good job at being that relatable either, to be honest with you. I think if once once the national spotlight, really, like he's doing the 
conservative mean stuff like, oh, let's send the migrants here. Let's send the migrants there and see what they really think. Right. Or, you know, doing the Disney, you know, trying to take on Disneyland and all that. He's able to through his executive office, do all those things that conservatives joke about. Right. And that's just kind of his policy platform. I think when the national spotlight shines a bit brighter on Ron DeSantis when he thinks, hey, listen, I should run the free world. I don't think he's going to be as endearing as Republicans think he, he's going to be. I do not think he's going to be that endearing to a national spotlight. I don't think he has the same presence. And in fact, I think actually in a, in a primary against Donald Trump, Donald Trump destroys him. I, I just don't think he, I just don't think he can handle a primary with Donald Trump. I don't know if he wants to. I don't know if he wants to. All right, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Again, that was State Senator Julian Sear. Uh, appreciated him calling in. And, uh, again, I think I learned something. I hope you did, too. So we're going to take a break now. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Night with Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. Why should you download the uh, to South Coast Night on Marcus. That again, that was State Senator Julian C. who joined us. Uh, Jake Ventura had joined us in the first hour. Attorney Jake Ventura of the um, Wampanoag Tribe of uh, of uh, Gayhead, and um, we'll uh, we'll be joined by you tonight at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. That's how you can get on the program this evening. Again, uh, good guest lineups. Open phone lines in the next hour. Um, you know, whatever discussion topic you want to bring to us, we'll, uh, we, I will certainly, uh, entertain it. So we'll take your calls, uh, at 508-996-0500 in the nine o'clock hour. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus.